Welcome, everybody, to this edition of the Fantasy Book Club. This month, we are reading Fiona Var Tapestry. It's the first book in the trilogy, The Summer Tree. It is, well, in my opinion, it's a wonderful book, although since Lana isn't here to represent her side of the case, I know that she didn't like it because it had flaws where we didn't really know the um, five main characters from Earth, um, their motivations for going over to Fionavar. And I must say, I didn't really even pay attention to that. I was so caught up in the characters' lives and their baggage, as Anne so nicely put it when she was describing the book to us, that it didn't really matter to me that I didn't really know why they were going over, but I must admit, that is quite a big flaw of the book, but was anybody else bothered by that? I wasn't. Um, I liked the writing style. You know, the the descriptions and, and such not... Um, I thought it kind of dragged at first, and then it started getting better towards the end. Um, and I don't really have a favorite character. It was an okay book. I may try and get the second one if it comes on Bard or Bookshare. Um probably barred because I tend to prefer the human readers yeah I read my um, my copy came from audible so um, Simon Vance read it I quite like his narration I'm reading the second one um, right now on my iPod but yeah I, li- I didn't think it really dragged you I liked how it started off slow and then picked up as it went along it just sort of suited the whole mood of the book it seemed well as Julia said, I really liked this book. And I was not bothered by the um, the fact that the motives as to why the five people decided to go with the magician um, were, uh, you know, I, I thought they were somewhat explainable because... Many of them, well, I'd say, well, at least three of them just thought it was a lark, and they they would go because you know, well, it's you know, it's a it's something that a college kid would do. I mean, it's you know, it's a lark. Well, let's take LSD. Let's see what it does, or you know, let's let's smoke peyote or let's smoke pot or whatever. It was sort of akin to that. Um, I think. I think that um, Paul, of course, was running away from himself, and he thought that that um, you know going to to Fianavar would be perfect because he wouldn't have to face himself and he wouldn't have to face the you know his his imagined. Um, Sin, if you will, you know, his, his he wouldn't have to face up to his guilt, and he wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have to face all the things that he he was having such trouble facing, and um, you know, and and 
David, I think, went because, you know, he he was the skeptic, and well, I don't I don't believe this at all, and and you know, I'm I'm going to go anyway just because everybody else is going, but I don't believe it at all. Um, I think that was made pretty clear. Um, I think they they mostly all went because it was like a dare. And they decided to go because the magician said it would be fun. He didn't tell them, you know, all the things that that uh, were going to go on there. He didn't say a word about any of that. They just thought they were going to a party in some strange place. And, you know, that it would be fun. But... Uh, I just really, really like this book because of the, the, because um, you got to know all five of these characters, and how they, how they became, what they were, and how they grew from what they were, when they entered Fianavar to, how they, how they were when they finally came out, and. Um, it's just a, a really, really good story, I have to say. Yeah, I was quite upset at the part of the book when I thought Paul was going to die, and I was thinking, why would you have your readers get so attached to a character if you're just going to kill him off? But, of course, that didn't happen, and, and that was a much more happy turn of event. I mean, not well, not happy, happy, but I mean, at least he didn't die. Right. I find that the, that theme of, um, you know, people looking really at themselves and acknowledging all their, their um, you know, their black bits, um, that's, that's very common in fantasy, I think. Um I'm thinking particularly of um, the Sword of Shannara, you know, which is, well, you've all read it, so, um, but the, the uh, you know, here Shay comes to the end of things and, and um, he's holding the sword and he's able to accept himself for what he is and all his weaknesses and all his flaws and all that, and then he... Uh, um, tries to stab the the evil person, and the evil person can't accept who he is, and so you know he he's gone. And um, I th- I think you know it's it's a very interesting theme. And then you know of course the 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 girls you know take their part in all this, and and um, just I I just. Well, I didn't have a favorite character because they they all seem to find their niche in the um, you know in in the scheme of things. Uh, the one girl became the the seer, and the other girl became um, you know what what she did, and and um, you know uh, the, the, it's just really really cool and. Uh, um, oh, you were asking about the the sequels, um, Marshall. The 
I read the two sequels on Bookshare because I really wanted to read them, and I'm a cheapskate, and I won't go to Audible unless somebody <laughs> somebody gives me an Audible subscription for Christmas or something. I, I just won't do that because I just, uh, well, I'm a cheapskate. So I'd rather go to Bard or I'd rather go to um, Bookshare. Well, I guess I'm not a cheapskate because I, I did pay, you know, for my subscription. Although, because I volunteered for Bookshare. In fact, I just renewed yesterday. Um, I paid only half the subscription price. So, you know, there are there are some compensations. But in any way... Um, they, it is available on Bookshare. Um, the two sequels are available on Bookshare. Um, and if you download the audio copy, it's not so bad. I mean, it's it's not like a human reader, but it really it's it's one of the nicer computer voices. So if you really want to read something. You can download it from Bookshare and you can read it, but it's it's um, it is a computer voice. Yeah, is that Heather? I think I have Heather set to read my voice dream reader. I think it's Alex, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it's Apple Alex or something. Um, and it's it's really not too bad. I mean, it's as I say, it's it's computer, but it's listenable. Oh, they must have changed voices, because I think that, well, this was a while ago. I guess they changed with updates and stuff, but I think the last time I tried to listen to it, it was Heather. But, you know, as long as it's listenable, whatever voice works. So on audio off of Bookshare is a female voice. Um, I don't know who it is, and I haven't learned how to use Voice Dream Reader yet. Um, So... Anyway, maybe I'll get it from there. But I, I, I've wasted so many Audible credits. It's nice to have some options. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I liked the the view of magic that was um, that was put forth in this particular book. It wasn't, you know, flashy. It wasn't, um, you know. Unbelievable! It was tied to tied to the earth and and all that kind of stuff, which I I really like. You know, it, it was a believable kind of a magic, and I really liked that. I think the thing I liked most about the magic is that it wasn't tied to the individual. So you know, like in oh the Dragonlance series. The magic is tied to the to Raceland. Here, the magic is tied to the well, the dwarf. I can't remember his name. Um, and if the dwarf isn't around, the magician can't use the magic. Yeah, that was an interesting uh, an interesting concept that a magician must have a uh, I don't know. I don't remember what they called it, but an energy source. For his magic, and it's it's another person, which is which is interesting, because it implies that that magic requires a sacrifice, which is very interesting. Well, it also has some 
interesting plot possibilities. Um, I go back to the thing about the transporter on Star Trek. They had to keep coming up with ways to break the transporter because otherwise the you know, good guys could just beam out of there and do whatever they wanted. This way, the magician can't just rely on, you know, being able to cast a magic spell and get out of it. Right. Very neat. Very neat. And the other thing I liked about Kay's work is that he... um, they said that he read Tolkien and was is very fond of Tolkien and everything, but there was no Tolkien-esque stuff in the in the book. I mean, there was no you know stuff that was actually plagiarized from well, not plagiarized, but ideas that were stolen. I don't know if that's plagiarism if 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 plagiarism is stealing of ideas or just stealing of actual text but um that's what i liked about it you know that his his stuff was so fresh and i i really really liked it um unlike this guy i'm reading now i don't know have you guys read lev grossman's stuff the magician and the magician king and all that yeah i I loved The Magician at the time, but then The Magician King, I I ended up abandoning it. I don't know. It just sort of... Of course, the first book is always the best because you have the new, you know... And, of course, the, the two systems of magic were always fascinating. But, yeah, I just couldn't get through the second book. Interesting. Well, I'm having a little trouble with the first book because, you know, you go along and all of a sudden something happens to these people and you go, Oh! C.S. Lewis. And then you go along a little further and something else happens to these people. And, oh, that's Tolkien. And, And it's like the guy took a whole bunch of ideas from a whole bunch of authors and, um, you know, and, and, you know, sort of tweaked them a little bit so they're different, but you, you recognize them right away. I mean, it's like, um, you know, he's got this city, you know, where all these fountains are, and the fountains lead to other worlds and so forth. And, you know, that's that's straight out of C.S. Lewis. I mean, it's, you know, oh, well, but maybe there's nothing new under the sun. I, I don't know. But I don't know as I'm going to read the second book very soon. I'm almost done with The Magician. And The Magician King is on Bard, and I have downloaded it. But, um... I don't know. We'll see. But uh, this K character, he really is something else. I did download, what is it, Sailing to Serantium, which looks kind of good. I haven't started it yet, but uh, looks interesting. I think we read The Magician a long time ago for this group. Cause I remember Lana commenting on it, so I think we must have. Well, maybe we did. Uh, what did Lana say? She always has good ideas, and I wish she'd come to the to the group because um, I wanted to hear why she didn't like the book. Um, but what did she say about the magician? Well, I don't remember a particularly um, insightful comment. I just remember her saying that um, the main character, I forget his name, was very 
you know, was very attached to Alice because he was very um, embittered when Alice died, and that's the only thing I really remember. But. Right. Well, she didn't actually die. She sort of, well, she became a spirit or whatever. I suppose that's a kind of death, yes. But, um, um, yeah. Uh, he. The thing that bothered me about the, the magicians was, you know, this whole hundred pages of the chronicling of their, their drunken debauch after they graduated from the school. And it's like, good God, couldn't you have cut it down by about two-thirds? I mean, what do we need to know all the, all the gory details for? Oh, I, I didn't find that bothered me. I don't know. I guess we should get back to this book. Oh, I felt so sorry for Jennifer. It was just awful what happened to her. Just terrible. Ah, yes. Um, yeah, it was awful. It was, it was terrible. And, um... Very, yeah, that's a that's a very interesting theme, too. But uh, it it helped her to grow and, you know, become the, the person that she was. But it's a horrible experience. It really is. And um, I think it is an illustration of how suffering can either destroy us or improve us and it's it's a it's a kind of a two-edged sword i wish that wish i wish i'd been able wish i'd read all three books because i'm hoping she gets out of it and does something nasty to the guy or entity that did it to her um i'm really getting tired of torture in books um i've just you know, I've been, I've had the Skin Collector by Jeffrey Deaver, and I really like. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the paraplegic detective, but I'm just getting so tired of the torture that's in those books. Yeah, I find I have to go and read um, innocuous things like um, I've I've been interspersing. Um, like the Lincoln Rhyme and books like that with the misread books, which I don't know, probably wouldn't appeal to you at all, Marshall, but they're, they're books about an English village and very, very light and very, very um, non-confrontational and non-violent. And, <laughs> and they they act sort of like sherbet between courses. Um, you know, they clear the palate and they're they're... Um, they're just charming books, but uh, yeah, I I understand what you mean because I read The Skin Collector too. Um, it was really good. I loved it. It was very very good. But the torture, yes, I certainly can identify with that. Uh, I don't think I'll be reading The Skin Collector anytime soon. <laughs> I've been reading the Aunt Dimity books. But I've just about finished the series, um, so I'm looking for new 
innocuous series. I might actually look for your misread books. Well, they're not mysteries. They're um, they're chronicles of village life in England in about the 1950s or so. And they're just charming reads. I mean, they're not, as I say... They're nonviolent. They don't have any rough language. They don't have any active sex. They're, you know, they're very tame books. Um, I, as I say, I don't know if you if you want those, but if you are looking for um, light uh, mysteries, uh, you might try the the Lorian Berenson books. Um, she just had one come out, uh, what's it called? Best in Show. Uh, so, you can, you can try those and see if you like those. But, we're supposed to be talking fantasy, not mystery. Oh dear. And I'm on vacation from mystery. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be talking mystery today at all. Well, I think Paul was probably my favorite character. I don't know, I always seem to end up rooting for the underdog. I don't know. I mean, he's, underdog isn't exactly the right word, but I don't know. He was just so upset. Now, wait a minute. Um, who's Poe again? Tell uh, Remind me. Oh, no. I, I said Paul. Oh, Paul. Right. Yes. Um, I agree. He isn't just the underdog. He's the he's actually a hero. And, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the everyman hero that you learn about in high school. But, yeah, and um, he really is a hero because he, he confronts his demons and um, names them and they go away. And that's what happens when you, when you do that. Um, that's the basis for all of the psychological um, counseling and all that kind of stuff that people do when when people have, you know, all this baggage that they have and they don't want to confront it and, you know, they go and they have these crises and they're forced to look at themselves and what they have done and, and why and so forth. But I thought it was very interesting that the the goddess came and told him what really happened and he was able to go through and um, be transformed by being on the summer tree instead of dying I just yeah I really liked him really 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 um, that was that was such a such a amazing thing and it has so many implications for you know today and you know can you can you confront your demons can you live with your guilt can you um, forgive yourself all these questions and it was really neat I liked it yeah um, I guess I was referring to before he went through the summer tree but yeah the whole that was a very fascinating part of the book. 
Well, yeah, because he he thought he was an underdog. He thought he was uh, not worthy of anyone's uh, regard or love or anything else because he he was so guilty that he he thought he had uh, killed his girlfriend or whatever, and um, you know he he saw himself as an underdog. And so everybody else did. Yeah. Um, us as readers knew that he w- wasn't an underdog, but... Well, do we want to move on to discussing next month's possible selection? Well, I don't know. I've been into... The only fantasy I've read that I liked has been um, the latest in the... Uh, Hollows novels by Kim Harrison. It starts out with Dead Witch Walking and then works through a bunch of other things. Um, I enjoy them because they have a lot of action and not a whole lot of gruesome violence. Mm, sounds good. Tell us more. Well, the basic idea of the series is that it takes place in Cincinnati um, after some kind of biological disaster um, that allows vampires, werewolves, uh, ghosts, demons, uh, witches come out of the... uh, background or come out of hiding uh, the principal character is a is a witch named Rachel Morgan who in the first volume which I read a long time ago and don't remember she uh, quits working for this uh, federal agency that deals with these they call them interlanders um and the only way you get out of this organization is you have to be killed. So it's going through her adventures in trying to get, <clears throat> trying to survive. Um, she picks up a living vampire as a partner, and there's also a pixie that is part of the entire series. And they all live together in a church um, outside of Cincinnati. And then there are other continuing characters. So then does she become a vampire then? And when what's a living vampire? A living vampire is someone that hasn't been killed by a vampire. They have the uh, strength and quickness and the blood... And they can have the bloodlust of a vampire, but they aren't a dead, an undead vampire, if that makes any sense. I think so. There's so many different rules about vampires, depending on what series you read. I've never quite understood the, the fashion, fascination for vampires, but if y'all want to read a vampire book, I suppose, you know, um, we've kind of stayed away from vampire books, but what the heck? Um, I mean, we did read the the first in the um, what was it the the 
Oh, God, what is that guy's name? Oh, well, I don't remember the author, but it's about the the um, the Druid, the Iron Druid series. We did read the first book in there, and, um, you know, that has vampires and stuff in, so I don't see any reason why we shouldn't do that. Um, as I say, the only fantasy I've read recently has been this magician thing, and... Uh, I think I might have started reading it, but because it wasn't on BART at the time, and I had to read it on Bookshare, I kind of stopped in the middle. And maybe that's, you know, why, I, you know, it kind of fell flat for me. But um, I'm going to finish this up, and then I'll see about the second book in the series. But... That's the only fantasy I've been reading recently. And then I did notice that there's a new Shannara book on Bard. Uh, what is it called? The First King of Shannara. Um, which, of course, we're all familiar with Terry Brooks, so, you know, we don't need to read that necessarily. But I did, you know, I'm, I kind of keep my eyes and ears open for fantasy. Anybody else got any suggestions? Well, there's a book I've been wanting to read for a while. Christmas seemed to like it, and uh, the other Anne, Anne Petras, like it. It's on, it doesn't like it, it doesn't appear to be on Bard, but it's on Bookshare. It's called The Lies of Locke Lamora, and I guess there's I mean, a bunch of thieves sort of operating, and they swindle uh, the nobility out of large amounts of money, and they're basically con artists, and this six-year-old, I guess, gets, oh, Stupid summaries. I read the plot summary on Wikipedia, and it was so boring. I hope it's a better book than that. Where's the magic? Hmm. You bring up a good point. Maybe we should just read something else until I do more research. Okay. Any suggestions? Well, maybe we should read the um, the one that Marshall suggested, the one about the the Kim Harrison one. Dead Witch Walking... And who's the uh, the author, uh, Marshall? The author is Kim Harrison, and that is the first book in the series. So those that um, don't like starting late in the series will should appreciate that. Okay, and that's common spelling, correct? I think so. All right. Well. Um, sounds good. And, um, I'll get this edited this week and, um, we can go from there. Uh, fantasy should go back to its normal, normal thing. Um, the 21st of, um, September, first day of fall. Um, is our next meeting date, in case anybody wants to know. And, Marshall, you don't by any chance happen to know what the mystery group decided to read for next month, do you? I believe it is a book called 15 Seconds, and the author's last name is Gross, G-R-O-S-S, I believe. Okay, all right. I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh, it's not funny, 
But it just sounded <laughs> just the way you said it. You said, well, the author's name is Gross. <laughs> and I don't know. It just, eh. all right. Fifteen seconds, and the author's name is Gross. Okay, very good. I will. I will write out the blurb for that and um, edit this thing. And um, there we go. And I'll see if I can find um, the Harrison book. Is it on Bard? Did you say? Yes, it is. And the um, fifteen seconds books is more a suspense than a mystery. Uh, I think the author's first name is Arthur, but I'm not sure. Okay. All right. I'll look it up. Not a problem. Um, 15 seconds. Okay. Interesting. A lot can happen in 15 seconds. All right. Um, Julia, you have anything else? Nope, I think that's pretty much it for this edition. Thank you, loyal downloaders, and we will see everybody next month. Okay, so long, folks. <laughs>